Heavenly Father, pour out your spirit, that what comes from my mouth will be your words. What we receive in your hearts will be words from you. So bless this time together and receive our, our prayers. Receive, Lord, all that we would give you of ourselves. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I'll tell you, getting old is not for sissies. I'm going to be standing a lot this morning, and so I hope you'll bear with me if I sit. <clears throat> I'm in a hurry to get things done, though I rush and rush until life's no fun. You know that song? Yeah. It came out in 1992, about this time of the year. Alabama. And the reason I remember it is because 1992 was one of those years when, you know, you feel like you're chasing your tail. There was so much stuff going on in my personal life, in our family life, in ministry, and other stuff. But it just felt like I was in a hurry and I was going till it just wasn't fun. So, what do you do during those times? Well, of course, you pray, don't you? You pray. But what if God says to you, I'm throwing a party, you want to come? Lord, I want you to come and help me sort through all this pile of mess I've got here. Let's work on that. The Lord says, nope, I'm throwing a party, a banquet for my son, and I want you to be there. Now think about that for a moment. Suppose someone of importance to you, president, the governor, mayor, maybe some celebrity, some famous person that you admire very much had sent you an invitation, not just sent it to you, but hand-delivered it by one of his servants. What would you do? I mean, you've got all life going on around here. What would you do? Well, there are various choices. You could say, well, you know, I'm not really worthy. Please, I, I wouldn't know what to do in, in the presence of such an important person. So I, I really can't come. And then, I guess my sermon outline isn't up on the board, is it? Now, we'll press on. We can say, I got other stuff going, Lord. I'm just tired. I just, I just can't come. But you know the real reason why you wouldn't come? It's because it's not important enough. If it was really important, a chance of a lifetime to go to such a party and celebration, would you say, nah? And in your heart say, no, it's not important. I'm not good enough or whatever. Well, 
God does that at times. Times when we least expect it. But there's another reason why we would say to him, don't bother me, Lord. And that's because I'm busy. I'm busy. I got too much stuff going on. I remember uh, a song that my kids learned in uh, Sunday school. It was based on the gospel reading, actually Luke's version of the gospel reading, and it goes something like this. I cannot come, I cannot come, I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now. I have married a wife, I have bought me a cow. I have fields and possessions that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me excused, I cannot come. Any of you have that? Do Sunday school or whatever? I see a couple shaking heads. I see a lot of people don't recognize it. But anyway, my kids had fun with that song because they would change the words a little bit. I cannot come. I cannot come, I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now. I have bought me a wife, I have married a cow. <laughs> you think it's funny too, huh? They thought it was hilarious, they loved that song. But it's a song about being too busy. You know, I've talked to retired people about busyness, and some of them have told me, you know, I'm more busy now than when I retire. For other young people, you've got two families, mother and father both, both working. Just so busy. And it's things that can get us busy, like the song says, you know, we've got fields and possessions and all that stuff that's just got us going back and forth. And what I find that Luke adds that's interesting is about marrying a wife. Families today are so busy. Now there was a time, at least in my early ministry, when um, Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings they were off limits for community things. Because those were church times. Not anymore. They have soccer games, dance, uh, b-ball, baseball, lacrosse, on uh, any day of the week that they can feel like they can squeeze it in, even Sundays and Wednesday nights. And I remember, too, when my kids, they needed to get a job. We talked about it, decided that they weren't going to work Sunday morning because that was important. <clears throat> They'd work any other time, but that was our time as family going to church. Well, it just doesn't seem to be that way today. Life is so busy. And then the Lord comes in and he says, hey, I want to invite you to a party. Oh, Lord, my calendar's full. When on earth am I going to find time to spend with you? 
Are you crazy? How about if you come here and let's work on this stuff and maybe we can get it all figured out? The Lord says, no. I want you to come. Now when you think about it, it's kind of crazy the way the Lord does all that because he keeps inviting not because we're worthy, but because of his grace. By his grace, he extends his favor to us, even though we don't deserve it. There's another category that perhaps are the worst of all, and that's the one who are angry. Don't bother me, Lord. I'm angry. And you can be angry about all kinds of stuff. You can be angry at the government. You can be angry at your boss. You can be angry at your family. You can be angry at the church. Of course, you wouldn't be angry with a pastor. But we all find things to be angry about. And there's nothing wrong with being angry. Because sometimes people do hurt us. Or things happen that just really upset us. It's okay to be angry. The question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with your anger? You just let it build? You know, the, I found with angry people, a lot of times they don't even know they're an angry person. It's become so much a part of their thinking and their dealing with people that you're always angry they're always angry those people aren't fun to be around are they and it was a bunch of angry people that Jesus, that the lord sent some of his servants to invite and they were so ticked off they grabbed those servants and they killed them Anger can lead to murder. Now, if you got mad at someone and you're an angry person, I hope you don't kill them. But the Lord does take seriously how we deal with our anger. Go to the next slide, if you would, please. Next slide. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Racha, is accountable to the court. Racha literally means empty head. You know, you might call some woman a blonde or talk about some guy whose elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Now there are nastier ways of saying those kind of things, but you get the idea. Racha. That even sounds angry, doesn't it? But you're calling someone whose head is, is empty. He goes on and says, 
And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. You fool, in the scriptures, is someone who is morally corrupt. They're just not a good person. They don't treat people right. They don't, they don't follow ethically doing what they're supposed to do. And an angry person can see someone either as empty-headed or as a fool. They don't agree with them. Now, the Lord warns, he says, we'll be in danger of the hell, fire of hell. You know, it's interesting. People talk about Jesus and being loving and caring and all that. He is. He is, he is love. But he's also just. And his punishment is real. Not necessarily in this, this life, but the life to come for sure. So there's a danger, a danger for people who are angry. But the gospel says there's good news. The king then says to his servants, I want you to go out into the streets, to every street corner, everywhere you can find them. Citizen, non-citizen, good, bad, whatever. I want you to gather them up and let's, let's have a party. And isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? It says that the wedding hall was filled with guests. Filled with guests. You know who he's inviting? The, the parable Jesus told in his last week of li his life to the leaders of the church. And it would have really ticked them off to think that Jesus was serious about inviting anybody and everybody. There were a lot of people, they were angry people, and there were a lot of people that they didn't approve of. But aren't you glad that Jesus sent to the uh, street corner and the highways to get you? To come in. Let's, let's party. Let's celebrate. And again, we see his grace. It's undeserved. Those people out on the streets, you didn't deserve to be invited here this morning. But God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. And Jesus rose again to guarantee you and me eternal life. And so, in the gospel reading, we see the parties going on, everybody's celebrating, the, <clears throat> the king's son is getting married, but then there's someone else who pops into the, the, uh, the, the party. It's someone who's come in his street clothes. He didn't like the, uh, didn't like the dress code, so he's like, eh. I'll just come as I please. And the king comes around and he says, how did you get in here? You're not dressed. Only those who are dressed right can come in here and celebrate. I don't care who you are or where you're from. 
You've got to follow the dress code. Now, what was the dress code? Well, when someone as important as a king had a banquet, he provided the robes that were to be worn for that affair. Everybody, regardless of who was there, would be dressed in the finest that the king could provide. Jesus is saying something important to us about going to the banquet. He says, if you try to sneak in with your old clothes, you're not going to do it. See, your old clothes, your old life, life filled with sin, corruption, whatever you want to call it, stuff that comes up short of what God expects of us, But in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, one of the words for forgiveness is to cover. What God does is he covers us with the blood of the Lamb, his son, Jesus, who shed his blood on the cross. That's our robe. And we come into his banquet wearing that robe. You see, that robe is about grace. God's undeserved favor. He puts it on us. He forgives us. And that's the that's the good news, isn't it? You remember our sermon hymn? Do you remember what it was called? Yeah, it's a quiz. Just as I am. Somebody remembered. Very good. Just as I am. I'm not going to sing this one. My throat's getting dry. Just as I am without one plea. See, we come to the door of the banquet hall just as I am. And I don't have anything to offer myself to you, Lord. And the Lord says, come on, I got the clothes just right for you. You can be part of my banquet. Now, it's interesting. Jesus closes this particular section by saying, many are invited, but few are chosen. What do you mean by that? I mean, he was inviting everybody, yes, but was he choosing? What it means is that God's invitation is universal. Anybody who wants to come to his banquet can do that. Anyone who wants to come to his party is free. The only thing is, you've got to get a wedding robe. You don't come here based on your own worthiness. God, have I, I've, been, I've tried hard, I'm good enough. Or, Lord, here's, here's the, the good one. Lord, my mother was a Lutheran. That ought to get me in, right? Yeah, I heard an amen out there. Uh, that's, that's not what gets us in. What gets us in is God choosing to give us his robe, his grace to cover our sins. And we're invited in. Now, I haven't talked about much where that banquet is or 
what it's all about. You know, sounds like a party. The ultimate banquet, of course, is heaven. That's where we're going to really celebrate. But there's a many banquets that God holds in between that he invites us to come. Again, he's wanting to give us his robe of grace. And that's worship, communion. Of course, our baptism was his first invitation. To spend times in his word. I read something recently, and I I would say it's true. For a person who is a Christian, there are a couple things that need to happen in their lives. One is, is that they attend worship regularly. And the second is that they set aside time to be alone with God in the word. Now again, in this busy age, it's hard for some people to get to church. But we put it on the internet. But it's that individual time. You know, a lot of people come to church who really don't know Jesus. They come and do the things that they're spiritual. But their spirituality isn't Christian. But I pray. You know, I when I'm on the road or whatever, I pray. But you realize that can be a monologue, just talking to God. What happened if you're driving in your car and all of a sudden God started talking to you? I hope you weren't going fast. You see, God wants time alone with us so he can talk to us. And that means setting aside time, prioritizing, saying it's important. It's important that I worship, that it's important to be with other Christians, that it's important to study his word. Now, one of the things that I... I learned through some years of ministry is that <clears throat> it's easy to set up here and tell people you ought to study the word, you ought to be in the word, without really explaining, well, how do I do that? Well, the next slide. The two-minute prayer. Now, you don't have to do two minutes for each part, but if you do it like this, it's only ten minutes. Everybody can find 10 minutes. Even if you have to set your alarm clock 10 minutes early. Or if you're a night person, go to bed two minute, 10 minutes later. But you can find 10 minutes. And uh, if you have a pencil, you might want to write this down if you don't have a regular uh, time of prayer alone with God. Take two minutes to praise God. When you think about it, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, we start to pray and we say, Hi, Father, here's my list. And that's not how you talk to God. Think about the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, Jesus said you pray, you, you start with God. And one thing about praising God and talking to him for a moment, it just kind of calms you down, helps you get focused. And then you take two minutes to read the scripture. Well, where should I start in the scriptures? I always say start with the gospel. Now, if you're going to go with Matthew, you have my permission to skip, skip the genealogy in the first chapter. Or if you're going into Luke in the third chapter, you can skip that genealogy too. But just take a couple minutes to read. And then you stop and reflect on what you read. What's God trying to say to me today? Something that can be an aid. And I see... Uh, Pastor Craig carries it with him and he's here on Sunday. It's called the Lutheran Study Bible. You can get it through Concordia Publishing House. Just uh, call Cindy at the office. She can get you set up with that or talk to me after the service. I can get you going. Um, or you can go online. Concordia Publishing House. And it has suggestions, ideas that you might reflect on. And then, once you've reflected on that scripture, take two minutes to pray for yourself. Again, it's not a list of, Lord, I need. I mean, you can put that in there. It's just, okay, talk to me, Lord. Let me, you've spoken to me, now let me give you some feedback here in terms of what's going on with me in my life. And then the last two minutes, pray for others. Just Pray for others that you know of who need have needs that need to be prayed about. Ten minutes. Now, you don't have to stick with ten minutes, but it's a good way to start to get into a habit of reading the Word, of doing the Christian thing, of worshiping and talking to God or with God. And of course, coming to worship, you get a chance to fellowship. I grew up in a rural community, and we had a church out in the country. And I don't know, one of the things these farmers, when they got together at the church, would do is you'd hear about cattle and crops and futures and all that kind of stuff. I know one pastor got angry because they were doing that. And I thought, no. They're here to worship. But they're with their friends. These are the things they share in common, and it's great for them to talk. So, oh, one of the other things I failed to mention is portals of prayer can be your two-minute thing. We've got a whole bunch of them out here in the back. If you go out the back to the right, there are these golden covered books. They've got a daily devotion. Again, you don't have to use just what I've told you, but you can find something else that maybe speaks to you about that particular time that you listen to God. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. And uh, let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for inviting us to the banquet. And Lord, when things get so busy, and they get full or maybe full of emptiness, or we just 
Lord, is so lonely and we can't find what, what we need to do in life. You still invite us and say, hey, come to my banquet. And Lord, we thank you for that invitation. We thank you for being able to here to get a, just a foretaste of what's to come. And bless us then through the week, Lord, as we listen to you, as we open your word. And Lord, speak to us and give us guidance and direction as we pass through this life. In Jesus' name.